before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome back to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager at Rangeley. And with me as always, my co-host and Rangeley's founder, Krista Muth. So much has happened since our last podcast, but perhaps the biggest news in the corporate world so far this year was Judge Leon's ruling in favor of AT&T and their acquisition of Time Warner. And actually, we kind of discussed slash predicted this back in our November 22nd podcast. The ruling seemed to open the M&A floodgates in the media space. And within 24 hours of the decision, Comcast had offered $35 per share for the majority of Fox's assets. That topped Disney's then $28 per share offer, which we actually discussed on our December 8th podcast. Disney quickly responded by raising their offer to $38 per share. And this morning, we got two big new pieces of news with uh, the Wall Street Journal reporting that Comcast was reaching out to potential partners to help fund an increased bid. And then the DOJ actually gave approval to Disney's bid. So Disney has regulatory certainty there. So, Chris, that was a very quick rundown of what has happened and uh, kind of one of the most dramatic and largest bidding wars and media battles in history. So I want to turn it over to you, though, uh, before I do that, I'm just going to note that we have positions in several of the stocks that we're about to mention. We'll give specific disclosures of all of our positions at the end, but just wanted to note that up front. So, Chris, talked about a ton of stuff. ton of stuff's happened in the six months we've been off air. What did you want to discuss? Well... The decision that we recently had in the AT&T acquisition of Time Warner was, in a sense, so cathartic for people who've been following this long time in that it was what was expected, but it was almost a an extremely full-throated, unambiguous version of what we had talked about, what we, I think, had hoped for, what the market, I think, to varying degrees had expected. But if you look at the market's reaction to it, the reaction in Time Warner itself was less than in a number of other antitrust sensitive situations and some media situations such as 21st Century Fox. Ironically, we've gone from a situation where the opportunity set at 21st Century Fox was so big because of this huge antitrust ambiguity. Mm -hmm. Now we have antitrust clarity in the Disney deal that has created this very, very high floor and certainty with which the people on the 21st Century Fox side can now go and possibly find something better. And I would say actually have more robust confidence and ability to really seek that very top penny because the downside's been raised so much. Yeah. So, you know, I think, look, when you read the judge's decision, the judge ripped the government to shreds for bringing this Time Warner case. And, you know, I think with hindsight, I think it's pretty clear that the case was very much influenced by Time Warner owned CNN. And this was suing suing Time Warner AT&T was a shot at CNN. And I think it's so funny, the judge, by ruling against the government, it, and you've said this to me several times. It was good for Time Warner and that they got their deals to get done. You know, I think the stock was up like 7% on the day because, uh, you know, the shares were trading at 95. The deal closed at 101 or so. So it was good for Time Warner, but it ended up being great for Fox and great for Fox News because Disney was going to buy them for $28 per share. Now they're already up to $38 per share and Comcast might come and bid 41 or $44 per share or something. So it was good for Time Warner. It was great for Fox, which, you know, maybe if somebody explained the full thing, maybe. Donald Trump would have uh, been kind of appreciative of this deal. But mm-hmm. 
You know, I, I, I want to walk through a lot of things with you. So as we stand right now, Disney has regulatory approval. You know, the big question today is, is Comcast going to come back or not? And a lot of people I've, I've heard talk about this say, look, the issue with Comcast coming back is Disney's deal is $38 per share and there is regulatory certainty here, right? So if Comcast comes with a 40 or $41 per share bid, they're going to be, and Disney actually on their, uh, when they raised their bid, they were even saying this, look, that bid has a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of regulatory questions there. Like, is the DOJ going to approve, approve of this? Uh, so what do you think of Disney? It's kind of a timing advantage. What do you think of Disney's timing and regulatory advantage here? I think that if you had a situation where there was ambiguity on both sides, where you could say Disney has a 90% chance of getting through while Comcast has 80%, you start discounting different ones, or you say Disney has a five-month advantage, that would accrue to a, a, a substantial likelihood that they would ultimately win. With Disney's timing and regulatory advantage perfected, mm-hmm. I think it actually undermines the ultimate likelihood that it's clear that they win it because the shareholders that can drive a vote process and lobby management for which deal to take has such a uh, raised downside that they can go back to Disney if necessary, that I think that they can start to uh, really uh, use that to market their best deal to the party that could bring them the highest deal. And if that is Comcast, you know, Comcast, I mean, we're dealing with two parties that can raise a ton of capital, two parties that I think one has approval, the other can get approval. And in the case of Comcast, uh, you have a management team that if they've decided this is something they want strategically, they don't have the same kind of pressure that a lot of companies have with a CEO whose position is written into the company's very articles. He doesn't have to worry about short-term shareholder pressure as most CEOs do. Yeah, and that's something I was going to talk about later, but I guess we can dive into it now. You know, one of the interesting things here is it seems like when Disney raises their bid or when it becomes more certain that Disney, when it seems more likely that Disney's going to win, Disney stock responds well. Disney shareholders seem very supportive of Disney going out and buying Fox. Whereas Comcast, look, their shares are down 20% year to date, and that's only on the rumors. They've never even been in a position to win. That's only in the rumors that they're going after. So Comcast shareholders hate this deal. And I can understand, as a fellow Comcast shareholder, I can understand why. I think the cable business is by far a better business to be buying than paying 15 times for Fox. But you know, the, the one thing I wanted to make is if you look at the history of Comcast, in the early 2000s, they bought AT&T broadband for like 30 times EBITDA. Shareholders hated that deal. It was a grand slam. Mm-hmm. In the mid-2000s, they tried to buy Disney. Shareholders hated that deal, and they actually pulled their offer because it was very hostile, and their shareholders hated it. They ultimately proved their offer. But if you look at if they had bought Disney in the mid-2000s, that would have been a home run. Mm-hmm. In 2009, they bought NBC. Shareholders hated that deal. That was a home run. So I think when you look at Brian Roberts, you look at a guy who his history of deals – Shareholders have hated almost all of his deals and all of his deals, if he had been able to do them, would have been a home run. So it's just so funny to me that shareholders just hate the Comcast deal on one side, love the Disney deal on another side. The other thing I want to come back to you, you know, I think there's this popular rumor Comcast has a big regulatory issue here. You know, Disney's actually out there saying Comcast is a big regulatory issue. I have my own thoughts, but I want to turn over to you. What's the big regulatory issue here, especially in a post-Time Warner world? Time Warner's uh, judge tried to write a 
extremely damning case, but one where at the end he said, don't take this as precedent for everything else. So it had its own fact pattern. But I think the biggest crossover is just the political reality of a DOJ that's taken a huge hit uh, with the district court decision. If they try to appeal it, they'll just probably take another huge hit. And they took another huge hit in losing their uh, American Express case, uh, which was uh, another of their kind of marginal cases that they believed strongly in and uh, didn't get past the courts. So this is one where the DOJ would have to come yet again for another bite at a kind of call it post-economics, I'd call it pre-economics view of what antitrust is. And so I think it would be really hard to bring another vertical case and lose it. Yeah. Look, I I understand. I mean, I think a lot of the issues with the Comcast bid is, A, they own NBC. And if you think Time Warner got sued because of CNN, then Comcast can certainly get sued because of NBC. I think there's something to that. Disney Fox is going to control 50% of the movie studios and they got approved in less than six months. Time Warner, AT&T, it took them over a year in a lawsuit to get approved. So maybe there's something there. But when you look at Comcast, look, when they buy the assets they're looking to buy from Fox are the regional sports networks, the Fox movie studio, FX, Nat Geo, and uh, that's pretty much it on the domestic side. It's mainly about the international assets. So when you consider that, I mean... Disney's divesting the RSNs. I'm sure Comcast would divest the RSN. The movie studio, NBC plus Fox combined, the movie studios would have less than Disney has now. So there's no antitrust issue there. And then it's really just FX and Nat Geo. Like I don't see the regulatory issue with Comcast combining there. So when you really break it down, I'm not really sure what the regulatory issue would be here. And if you believe the Wall Street Journal article reporting, it seems like Comcast would be willing to just divest all of it anyway. So once you break it down, like I understand... Comcast is the boogeyman over at the DOJ. A lot of people at the DOJ think Comcast NBC hasn't adhered to kind of the spirit of all of the agreements they made, but I don't see the regulatory issue here. So if you don't think there's a regulatory issue, I don't give a lot to the timing issues here. Do you want to comment on anything else here or do you want to turn it over to kind of what happens next? Just my experience with multi-bidder situations and contracts is what makes the most sense procedurally is simply to have the target write the contract mm-hmm. because you can then still negotiate over price and the buyer can discount at that language however much they want. So you're not bidding on this kind of multi-variable yep. thing. It just simplifies it. Assuming that's the case here and they can provide a lot of certainty that's marginally tolerable to Comcast, it'll be a contract written by Fox and it will have every kind of contractual comfort they can get in terms of deal certainty. And I think that's a great thing. You know, that's a fantastic point. And one thing, if Fox really wanted, one thing they could ask for if they could to see how how willing Comcast was to do this deal, they could say, hey, Comcast, we need you to commit that in a, in a worst case scenario, you would split the cable business from NBC, NBC plus Fox. You would just do a spinoff. A, that would be, probably be fantastic for Comcast shareholders. But if they were willing to do that split, then there's zero chance of a regulatory issue because NBC plus the Fox asset that they're buying is way smaller than Disney. You don't have the cable side of the business anymore. But again, I, I think that's a great point. Fox could offer that. I don't think that Comcast would ever even need to do that because I just don't see the regulatory issues here. Let's see. So, why don't we move on to what happens next? Chris, there there are just so many moving parts here. You know, will Comcast come back with a topping bid or not? We haven't even mentioned Sky, which is a publicly traded company over in London, the Sky Networks that Fox owns 39% of and is looking to buy. Comcast has made a topping offer there, but there's tons of moving parts. There's tons of things with all the parties involved. I'll turn it over to you. What, what do you think is going to happen next here? 
gee, you know, there were enough moving parts in, in uh, the AT&T Time Warner that it's hard to remember at the same time. The best question is, what has happened to Fox? Now that we're seeing what happens to Fox, what is the best question? It's probably something I haven't even uh, really focused on yet. I think the the small independent content companies could look at what merger contracts could be interesting to them. You know, I think uh, Discovery Scripts, we had looked at that deal to create that company, uh, Lionsgate Stars, uh, to create that. And I think that's fine. We okay, so that you're, t- you're talking uh, what's next in the media landscape. Yeah. I, ac- I absolutely agree. Look, if Disney thinks, hey, we're not big enough to compete with Netflix right now, we need to get more scale. Comcast seems to be buying Fox for the international distribution assets. But if Disney thinks they're not big enough... Every single independent media company needs to be looking to either get bigger or get sold. I absolutely agree with you. Discovery and Lionsgate are two of our favorites. They're controlled by John Malone, one of our favorite investors out there. And he openly talked about, hey, these free radicals, these smaller players need to combine or they need to get sold. CBS Viacom, there's been a lot of reporting that both AT&T and Verizon reached out to merge with CBS. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to think CBS and Viacom combine or they look to sell to someone else. Other free radicals, MGM Studios, which owns the James Bond brands, the Rocky and Creed franchises, and tons of TV shows. Their big one is probably Survivor, and I think they have the voice as well. That probably needs to get sold at some point. But I, I'm definitely with you there. What about uh, with Comcast and Disney? What do you? If I ask you to gaze in your crystal ball, what do you think happens? Do you think Comcast comes back? Who do you think the ultimate winner is? The way I would handle this if I was 21st Century Fox and I was trying to be a good fiduciary but also get what I want – it would be from Murdoch's perspective to pick a winner silently, which I think is Disney, and then roll out the red carpet to get the very, very top dollar you possibly can from Comcast and then turn around and market that back to Disney and accept a big breakup fee. So I would say Disney wins, but I would, if I thought Disney was going to win and I was in Murdoch's situation, I would be incredibly open to getting the very highest price you could possibly hear from Comcast. Yeah. And the interesting thing, Disney has the right to match any Comcast offer. And both of these guys clearly view this asset as a strategic asset, which is what you love to hear because when something's strategic, Maybe you overpay because the financials don't matter quite as much. So Comcast, if they want to beat that right of refusal that Disney has, they might have to really pay up here. When, when there's something uh, that I sort of want uh, at a charity auction, but bidding against a friend, I try to get it. But at least I want them to pay through the nose is my second best uh, option. I always thought I should get a tax write-off for that. But I think this is a time where both of them probably are going to have the concession prize of just really sticking it to the other one. Uh, these bidding wars, they usually end up paying too much. And I think that the uh, animal spirits between these two CEOs. Disney having not done a hostile deal like this before is a bitter. Comcast clearly wanting this. Uh, They're going to uh, get the concession prize of forcing the other to pay too much if they can. I'm with you. And then along the lines of strategic assets, it is just interesting to think like uh, Bob Iger, Disney CEO, his contract with Disney, it got extended. And one of the things with extension is they needed him to integrate the Fox assets. If the Fox deal drops for Disney, Bob Iger, you know, he might be out of a job. I'm sure he could stay if he wanted, but he could also decide to leave Disney. So that's one thing. On the Comcast side, you know, Brian Roberts has this great track record, but if you look at the two deals we talked about, he had uh, he tried to buy Time Warner Cable, and that got blocked by the DOJ, and he went hostile on Disney, and that lost. If he went hostile here and he lost, 
is that does that hurt his reputation a little bit? So there are all these little outside considerations that could be very interesting when you look at this deal. And all of the influence you have at a time where you're spending a lot of time with your top advisors is pro deal. I yeah. mean, the bankers and the lawyers are running <laughs> oh the transaction. Yes, and let's do this. All, let's pay up. Let's get these fees done. And all of their language really is very conducive to CEO ego and competitiveness in terms of getting the deal done. You know, the last little nugget I, I, I want to drop here, it, because it's interesting to me, you know, Disney is buying Fox because they need scale on content. We've talked about all the free radicals merging because they need scale to compete against Netflix. The really interesting thing, the, the people we haven't mentioned here, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, all of these guys, every now and then you'll, you know, a banker will throw out like, oh, Amazon should go buy CBS. It'll give them distribution. But when you look at their strategy, it's actually been, hey, we're just going to invest our cash into internally building up content, into internally building up development. So it's very interesting to see the old legacy media CEOs who think I need to go buy, I need to get bigger so I can compete against Netflix. And look at Netflix. They hadn't ever done an acquisition until last year. They did like a little tiny deal for a very small uh, comic book company to get a little bit more IP. But it's interesting to see all these legacy media CEOs, we need to go do big deals at big premiums to get bigger. And all these uh, tech companies are saying, we don't need to buy you. We can just invest our way into it. So I'll, I'll give the last word to you before we wrap it up. Hmm. No, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't think any of the outside big tech companies have been kind of looking that carefully. I think that would be a sea change in the in the media landscape, a deal environment if they did. But no, they've been out of it so far. I would throw out Spectrum as the one thing that is hard to make instead of buy them. Yep. We, we've talked about that in the past. All right. Two seconds. Last thing. You think Disney's going to win? What yes. ultimate price do you think they pay for the assets? Too much. <laughs> put it, try and put a number on it. I think that... I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that Comcast comes back still low forties. Okay, low 40s. I, I kind of agree. I think Comcast ultimately walks to the mid forties, and then I think Disney wins with a slightly discounted bid to Comcast, just for certainty, a little bit tax efficiency, everything. But I don't know. It'll be 50, super interesting. 50, yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed all around. So that's all the time we have for today. Before we hit our disclosures, a quick reminder: if you like this podcast, please be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audio Boom. To be honest, the reason we're back is we got so many emails saying, "Hey, where are you guys? I love the podcast." So the feedback really does mean a lot to us. We appreciate it. Our disclosures, we are long Comcast, we're long Fox, we're long AT&T from the Time Warner merger, and we're short a little bit of Disney as a hedge. I think that's it, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. We haven't checked the news since the market closed today, so this could be dated already. I'll I'll be bold and say 44 is the last uh, price, but we can do a choose your own adventure, record a few different versions in case that's uh, wrong by the time this posts. It's possible as we're writing this, Comcast came back with a topping bid. We'll talk to you guys soon.